Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the Capital City Christian Church Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm going to be your host today. If this is your first time listening, I would love to chat with you. So send me an email at hello at capitalcitychristian.org. We're continuing with a series that we're calling 2020 Vision, where we look at reestablishing what it means to be a church and why we do the things we do and how we do them. We split our mission as a church up into four distinct pieces, worship, connect, grow, and serve. Each piece on its own is great, but in order to be a healthy Jesus follower, you have to engage God and God's people in each aspect. And today we're hearing from several of our ministers, so let's get right to it. Good morning. This is my granddaughter, Aubrey. She's incredibly precious to me. In fact, she's perfect, like all of my grandkids, a perfect little barbarian. Right now, she wants my iPad in the worst way. I want Aubrey to have a great life here on this earth. And I want her to have an eternity where she's loving on God and God is loving on her. Isn't that what you want for your kids and your grandkids? Now, guys, I will not be able to choose Jesus for her, unfortunately. She's going to have to come to a point where she makes that call herself. But I can be and I will be an influence on her, either for good or for bad. And it's not going to be primarily in what I say. It's going to be who I am, what I do, how, I, how will she see me finish. You see, my life with God is not just about God and me. My life with God is also about Aubrey, Caden, Jackson, Stephen, Morgan, Andy, Alethea, my kids, Tommy, Monica, Julie. I cannot imagine an eternity without any one of them. So I've got to be willing to do whatever I can to drag them to heaven with me. Wouldn't you? And you guys, it's not just about heaven. I genuinely believe that doing life with God, for God, God's way is the very, very best way to live right now. And I believe that a God-honoring life will make Aubrey's life way, way better. And I'll be unpacking that a little bit more this year. For now, let me leave it like this. I want her to have the best life possible in this world. And I want her to spend a perfect forever with our God. So I have a job to do. And you've got a job to do. You see, it's not just about me and my God. It's about her too. And all those others that I love so deeply. Now I've got to give her back. You see, guys, becoming a fully devoted Jesus follower is not just about making my life better and my making it to heaven. It's about dragging as many with me as I can. And that's huge. And a lot of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because you've got kids, you've got grandkids, and there is nothing you want more for your kids and grandkids than to see that they do life with God here and spend an eternity with God, right? And if you're a Jesus follower and that is not what you want most for your kids, something in you is broken. Some of you guys are hurting right now because you have kids and you have grandkids who are blowing God off. And you wish that there was something you could do to straighten them out. But ultimately, we can't choose Jesus for our kids and our grandkids, can we? I wish we could, but we can't. But we can influence them for good or for ill by who we are and by what we do. 
we can try to drag them with us to heaven. And here's the deal, guys. I wish that we felt just as passionately for each other's kids as we feel for our own. I wish you felt as passionately for Aubrey. I wish I could feel as passionate for all of our kids, for all of our family. You see, our problem with sharing Jesus and dragging each other to heaven is really not a failure of technique. It's a failure of love. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, Jesus put it like this. He says, I want you to love each other in exactly the same way that I loved you. And guys, that's a lot. And if we could live that out, it'd be incredible. Now, here's what makes this stuff kind of scary for me. You see, sometimes my model for my grandkids and kids is not that good. It's not that God-honoring. We sang a song just a couple of minutes ago. We sang it at my request because it describes me. God, let thy goodness, like a fetter, like chains, bind my wandering heart to thee because I am prone to wander. I am prone to leave the God that I love. So God, here's my heart. Please take it and seal it for thy courts above. You feel that song? I do. I know a whole lot of Jesus followers do. You know how I know? Because it is absolutely stunning how many Jesus followers quit. We do. Usually they start by drifting, but many end up quitting. They still may call themselves Christians, but there's very little evidence that Jesus is still the Lord of their lives. Do you have any idea how many people we baptize and ultimately they walk away from the faith? Breaks my heart. Did you know that if we follow statistics, statistics say that the majority of our kids are going to walk away from Jesus. Some of them will come back. Not enough. And perhaps even worse than all of that, what's even more unsettling perhaps, is how many Jesus followers actually settle. We settle. How many of you guys, perhaps, have settled? And you still follow Jesus, but if you were to be perfectly honest, only half-heartedly, begrudgingly, sometimes grumpily. And guys, when we settle, we forfeit peace with God, the joy that God is trying to give us, the abundant life that he came, that we might live that life. Here's the bottom line, guys. We don't believe in eternal security here at Capital City Christian. We don't buy once saved, always saved. We don't think it's biblical, and it is certainly not what we have observed. The Apostle Paul Peter, he put it like this. He said, when people escape the wickedness of this world, they escape the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In other words, they have escaped the corruption of sin. They have become Jesus' followers. And then they get tangled up and enslaved by sin again. They're worse off than before, than before they were Jesus' followers. And he says this, and this is scary. He said, it'd be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. Holy cow. That's a serious warning, isn't it? It's flat out serious. Now, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea. The grace of God is absolutely stunning. 
absolutely stunning. God will hang on to you way more tightly than I could ever hang on to any of my grandkids. And I hang on to them really tightly, right? But God won't force himself on us. He values our freedom even more than he values our obedience because God wants us to love him. So God won't force us to become Jesus followers and God won't force us to stay Jesus followers. He loves us too much to overpower us right now. So we have a job to do. Serious job to do. Jesus said, I've been given all authority, all authority in heaven on earth, which basically means what I'm about to say next is not a suggestion. He says, go make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's part one of our mission. Go make disciples. Bring people face to face with Jesus. Then he says this. He says, you're not done yet. He says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given to you. That's our mission from God. You can see it out on our foyer. Go make Christ-driven 24-7 Jesus followers. Bring them face to face with Jesus and grow them up in Christ. Make sure they don't drift. Drag them to heaven with you. You see, it's not just our job to help people start following Jesus. Our job is to help them keep following Jesus and keep following Jesus and keep following Jesus till the end. And guys, that's not going to happen by accident. Helping each other persevere, helping each other fully mature as Jesus followers, helping each other discover the abundant life that God came to give us is not going to happen automatically, accidentally, without a strategy, without a plan. So we've got a plan. We've got a strategy here at Capital City. It's right out in our foyer. Keep worshiping. Worship because it's part of who you are. Seriously connect with other Jesus followers. Keep growing in your understanding of God and in your intimacy with God and find a way to serve. Live for something bigger than yourself. Live for something worth dying for. And we believe that if you do these things, you're going to do great. And we don't think it's just our strategy. We think it's in the New Testament, our new covenant with God. It's about doing the things that a Jesus follower does. Keeping on doing life with God, for God, God's way. And we think that'll make your life here way better. And we think it'll help you find peace for what happens next. And you're going to be doing everything you can to drag those you care about to heaven. So we're going to take a few minutes and take a closer look at these four pieces. That's why these guys are up here. That's why we got one more count. He'll be here in a minute. We're going to start with Steve Smith. Steve Smith is our worship minister. Steve, tell us how worship is part of our strategy for dragging each other to heaven. Well, hello, everybody. How are you guys today? You're so enthusiastic. I've noticed that. All right. So with your enthusiasm, I will tell you, uh, as a worship minister, I love leading worship. I love that that's part of what I get to do uh, all the time be able to come in here with the family and be able to, to lead you all in a time where we're going to give God worth, because that's where the word comes from. Worship basically is just giving worth to something, and every person in here is made to do that. Every person, the part of the eternal strategy is that God made every one of you to give you worth to something. Now, we hope every time that we come together that we're reminded of that and we're giving worth 
was supposed to be. We give worth to our God in heaven, who is our Father, and he's done all these wonderful things. Unfortunately, we're all prone to wander, and we all kind of put our worth in other places. And so our job when we come together is to then drag one another to a place that we need to be. That makes sense? So when we're prone to wander and we're dragging each other to heaven, it's going to look a certain way. I'll tell you that when you come into this place, on the hour that you're here, it's a weekly reminder of who we are. Weekly reminder that it is not about us. It's a weekly reminder that we stand for something greater than ourselves. And we tried to do that with our songs. We tried to do that with our messages and the elements and things that all lead to a certain point when it comes to themes. But ultimately what we're wanting to do in every time that we do worship service is to be reminded that God is the one who's in charge and not us. Okay? So if you ever have that question, why did you do that? It's because God's in charge. I'm not. You are not. God's in charge. So that weekly reminder is important that when we come into, uh, to this place, we're going to be reminded of a biblical definition of worship. Let's go ahead and bring that up. It's from Romans 12. And uh, if you are a big fan of Romans, which I am, you can go through all of the 11 chapters before it, and you get to this one, and it says, in other uh, scripture, it says, and therefore, but here we have a, a, a very... Simple so and so, but therefore, after all these 11 chapters, we come here and say, dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to you, because you're Christians, right? You follow Christ and his teaching. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. So give everything that you have. Give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. He's saying in this scripture, he's done something, and now you have a part in this. Part of the strategy then is, since he has done that, now you do this. Right? Makes sense there. Let those bodies that you've now given to him be a living and holy sacrifice. Now, you know what a sacrifice is? Taking something that is worth a lot and giving it to somebody else. We know that your bodies are worth a lot. We know that you individually are worth a lot. We love you. Right? And it seems so trite to say that, but we do. We do what we do because of a love that we have for you. The way that we are known in this world is because of our love for each other. And so when we do these things and you have sacrificed yourself, you said, this is not my own anymore. It is now God's. This is the thing that he will find acceptable. And then that phrase after that, this is truly the way that we worship him. Truly. I love that the word is in there, at least in the English. The true way to worship God is to give yourself entirely, utterly, all of it. It's no longer yours. Say, that's what worship's about. So it's that weekly reminder. It's doing the right thing, even when we don't feel like it. You see, worship leads us to all the rest of these stuff. If you get this stuff down pretty well, it's going to lead you to connecting and growing and serving. But it has to start with you saying, it's, be- it's not about me anymore. The rest of the scripture is, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't look like anybody else. Don't look like your neighbor. You shouldn't. You should look so vastly different that they go, hey, what's up with you? I mean, many of you are very strange. I get that. But they're going to say, why, why beyond the strange stuff are, are you this way? Because God has transformed you. You've grown. And you're starting to serve. You look different. You're transformed into a new person by changing the way you think. This is the next verse right after the one about worship. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is what this is all about. If he's in charge, if he's the king, you're going to learn what his will is for your individual life. The secret to life, the secret of the universe, the secret of why you're here is there. He wants you to live a good and pleasing and perfect life, and he's going to help you do that. So when you come into this place, you've got a lot of questions. You're like, well, I want it to be this way. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
I know it sounds hard to say that. It doesn't matter what you like. It doesn't matter what I like. It doesn't matter what Doc likes. We, we both like Come Thou Found. Oh, man, we love that song. It's awesome. It is a great song. It's got great words. People may differ on the line and the lamb. Ah, I don't really like that song. Okay, that's fine. I don't like these lights. I don't like this. I don't, it's fine. This is not about ascribing worth to you. It's ascribing worth to the God in heaven. And there are people who come from different places. You know, you're, some people are, uh, you know, uh, young. We got young folks here. We got some older folks here. I'm not going to point to anybody because then they'll be upset. But, you know, we have older folks. We have people right in the middle of the road. Various different differences that they have. But what brings us together is our love for God. What brings us together is the fact that we say, God's king, not me. Say it. God is king, not me. Say it. God is king, not me, right? So this is the reminder. It's not about you. It's about this family. It's about all of us coming together with dad. Dad's here. Oh, man, it's awesome. Because when dad is here, awesome things happen. Dad's got, you know, all these awesome things that he does for us. And it's really cool when we celebrate him together. When you come into this place, it's not about attending. You cannot mark it off and go, yeah, I go to church every week. So did you engage? Did you engage with the family? Did you engage with God? Because if you're not, you are missing out on the strategy to bring you to where you want to be. You might not know that, but that's where you want to be, I promise you. And if you're in this place, you're at least on the path. And that's what we want, for you to be on the path, because we are all prone to wander. We are all prone to go elsewhere. And he's saying, I need you to come back here. I don't want you to drift. Go among these people, engage with them, connect with them, and watch to see what happens, what I can do in your life. Um, The next one on our strategy, if you look at our wall, is connect. Vern Huber is our connections minister. This is James. They're twins. (laughs) Vern, tell us how connection works as part of our strategy for dragging people to heaven. Well, Doc, uh, I know this, that when people are connected together, when they worship together, they really realize that they do life better together. And it's what this is all about. You know, they are uh, living out the New Testament covenant where it says that we are to be devoted to one another, to bear one another's burdens, to serve one another, to encourage one another. That's what that means. It's what will help get us all connected. But folks, we can't do that here on Sunday mornings. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonian Jesus followers, he puts it this way. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. And let me reiterate, folks, it's hard to do that sitting in these rows. But as Jesus followers, if we continue to encourage, if we continue to build each other up, then we will help people not to drift away from the faith. And that's the most important part, that we do stay with Jesus and stay with Jesus and stay with Jesus. But folks, again, let me say, we can't do that stuff. I can't say that enough. We can't do that stuff sitting in rows on Sunday morning. We just kind of pretty much ignore everybody else and maybe uh, talk to a few other people. But let me show you what I mean about being connected in a group. So back in 2019, a few of us from Mom Life Group um, decided we wanted to try the small groups and uh, we broke off uh, and formed our own life group. Um, and it has, it has been the biggest blessing. Um, we have such a special bond. Um, we do life together. We do birthdays and Christmas. Uh, we've done grill outs together, Halloween together, trick or treating. 
uh, when we did dinner on Sundays, we bow our heads to pray. You can really silence a restaurant when 16 people start to pray together. There's always, always somebody praying for you in our group, always somebody who has your back. We're doing life together. You catch what Natalie said? Somebody's always got your back. They're helping you, they're helping them drag one another to heaven. And we want each one of you to experience what it's like being connected in a life group. That's why it's so important, our life groups here at Cap City, whether there's only a group of six or a group of 20 to 25. It's Jesus followers really connecting. Doing life together in life group is more than just uh, being at the same place at the same time with other Jesus followers. Folks, it's just like Chris and Natalie said, they share life together. They celebrate with one another. They cry with one another. They raise their children together. My land, and the part I like about it, they pray one another, pray for one another. They study the word together. They are literally dragging one another to heaven. And I want you to be a part of that as well. I can't sit up here this morning and ask you to get connected without giving you some kind of an avenue for that to happen. So next Sunday... There's two times that we're going to be, uh, generally we do this on Sunday evening, but we're going to plug it in on Sunday morning to grab you while you're here. The first one will be at 1045 up in the loft. The second one will be at 1215 up in the loft, and uh, which is on the third floor of our building here. Please come out, share in this time together. This is a, a casual, no-pressure event. We want you to understand the importance of being connected together, the benefit of that. Child care will be provided. Also, food will be provided for you as well. Come out, get connected, and see the benefit of it all. Guys, this is really, really big, our life group connection. There's an opportunity if you're just thinking about being part of one of our life groups, it can make a huge difference for you. Those events are going to happen next week. You can sh- now, it, it's obvious James and Vern went shopping last week together, and they, they called each other this morning to make sure they're wearing the same clothes. Isn't it cute? Their jobs really are different. He's our connections minister. James Driver is our growth minister. Vern handles our life groups. James handles our Sunday morning classes, our Wednesday night classes, all of the seminars, everything we do to try to grow closer to God, grow in our understanding of God and our intimacy with God. So James just kind of explained to us how spiritual growth works in helping us to drag each other to heaven. Uh, Growth is a natural process, whether it is physical or emotional or even spiritual. Um, A study said that people who go to church, generally go to church two to three Sundays only. That's it, two to three Sundays a month. Now, let's put this in perspective. Let's say that you wanted to get healthier, that you wanted to build muscle. So you join a gym, but you go once a week. If you're lucky, maybe you stay the same, but you're not going to be able to get stronger and then what happens after 20 years? You're going to... Ent- yeah. I'm not sure that's once a week. Yeah, that may not be once a week. But anyway, um, but think about that. What kind of inspiration is that to people when you go, you know, I've been going here once a week for 20 years and I look exactly the same. We kind of do that with church. And then we expect that somehow we're going to grow 
to get stronger? It's not how it works. You have to be intentional. You have to decide, I want to get stronger. I want to grow. I want to be inspired. I want to inspire others, right? Now, we know it's not easy. We know that reading Scripture sometimes is hard to fathom. So let me tell you what we decided to do. We have decided to invest in each and every single one of you. We are providing you with access, every single one of you, to Right Now Media. You may have already received the email that would come from uh, my email address here at the church that allows you to sign up for Right Now Media. So to explain Right Now Media, we have a video we want to show you. Welcome to our study of the Gospel of John. I have fallen in love with the work of Paul as I've studied the book of 1 Corinthians, and I believe you will too. This is where Jesus taught in Capernaum, and you have to understand this scene. The Lord is my shepherd. And over the next six weeks, we're gonna look deeply into the 23rd Psalm. Right now, media, it's for groups, it's for personal devotion. It's for parents. The bullseye of parenting is to raise children who become like Jesus. It's for kids. This is Phil. We're digging into the Bible, which, as we've mentioned, is more than just a book. It's for tough times. So when you recognize that you're trying to have a conversation with your spouse and they're not ready to talk, it's not helpful to keep pressing right. them. It's for every phase of life. If you've made mistakes with money, you know what that makes you? Over 12. And now, it's yours. We've purchased a Right Now Media subscription for everyone in our church. So check your inbox for the digital invitation and download the app for instant access to thousands of biblically-based videos. Get equipped. Get inspired. I want to grow, not just for me, but I want to grow for my grandchildren. Before we laid this floor down, we were allowed to put a name down of someone we wanted to receive Jesus. Right over here, I wrote down Peyton Stiles, my granddaughter. I want to continue to grow so that she sees Jesus in me, so that one day she will embrace Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I cannot tell you how important that is to me, that my family be with me in heaven. So this is for individuals, for the life groups, for adult Bible fellowships. You can use them for your family. Use this tool. Now, if somehow you inadvertently didn't know what it was from or why am I getting this email and deleted it, we can resend you this information so that you can sign up. So let me encourage you. Strengthen your faith and use this tool to do it. Guys, this is huge. This, and we, we've tried to make it available to every single person in our church family. Again, if you didn't receive one of those emails, talk to James, talk to any one of us. We'll make sure that you get an invite. And this is something that's going to provide you with a wealth of stuff as you try to keep on growing in Christ. Thank you, James. 
Guys, most of you guys know John Sutphin. He's our executive minister. He oversees a lot of the stuff here at Capital City. John also oversees a, a lot of our serve ministry here at Capital City. John, kind of talk us through how serving functions as we kind of drag each other to heaven. You know, I've never thought of myself as old until this morning when I realized I've got the same sweater that James and Vern have. Yeah. Welcome. So... I think I'll try to unload that this afternoon. You know, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I shared a portion of an article by a gentleman by the name of Edward Stetzer that was entitled Hospital, Not Country Clubs, Churches Without the Broken Are Broken Churches. And in the article, Stetzer wrote these words, we have been sent by Jesus to join him in his mission. He came to serve and to save then so must we. We are to serve others in his name, he wrote. Now, we can't do the saving part, but we most definitely can do the serving part. And that is one of the things that I love about this church. It's heart and desire to serve. Be honest, sometimes serving can be scary and it can be tough. But usually we find that when it is done, we have been blessed and we've enjoyed the experience more than we ever thought we would have. I mean, haven't you found that to be true when you have been given the opportunity to serve, whether it's here at the church or out in the community or, or maybe even at your place of work? I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I've heard from over the past 10 to 15 years who tell me how blessed they were to have been given the opportunity to serve in one of our ministry events through Capital City. Many times they thought they were going to be the one doing the blessing only to find out in the end that they were the one who received the greatest blessing because of the work and the time and the effort that they were willing to give. And we believe service is a great catalyst to a person's growth in their relationship with Jesus Christ here at Capital City. Sometimes it's actually where the desire to connect with Jesus begins. When they are able to serve alongside others with the sole purpose of being able to help and bless someone else. And oftentimes that someone else is a person that they do not know. But just the opportunity to serve creates in a person a desire to want to know more about Jesus. And so we try to provide plenty of opportunities for people to serve and for you to invite your friends to come and serve alongside you. We have what we call our all-hands-on-deck events here at the church. Things like our Jesus prom or our trunk-or-treat or our Haiti meal packing or our Christmas and Easter events. We have smaller events like our Christmas gift wrapping, our Valentine Rose outreach, our, our serve days where smaller groups of people or maybe even a life group or, or a fellowship group work together to serve those in our community. Or maybe you have a specific passion to serve an area or maybe even a group here in our community. We'd love to hear about that and talk with you and figure out how we could come alongside you and help facilitate that ministry, that area of service that, that you have an idea for that could bless who knows who here in our community. You know, the Bible speaks to the fact that each of us have been blessed with gifts and talents that are, be, that are to be used to bring glory to God. One of the best ways that we can do that is by serving others. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And folks, that should be our motto as well. We're not here to be served, but to serve. And we're not here just to serve in this building. 
Now, don't get me wrong. We need you to serve in the different ministries that we have taking place here each week. But we also need you serving out in our community. We need you. We need you being Christ in our community, in our schools, in our community organizations, in political office, in the police and fire stations, in the hospitals. We need you being Christ in your neighborhoods. I mean, can you imagine the difference that we could make in our community if every person who called Capital City home followed in the footsteps of Jesus and served like he did? I mean, being that kind of servant opens the door for us to share with those we come in contact with about Jesus Christ and what he wants to do for them. We have two purposes here at Capital City. You've heard Doc talk about them this morning, to bring someone to Christ and to, to drag each other to heaven. As 2019 was ending and 2020 was starting, I had the chance to speak that Sunday morning, and I asked you this question if you were able to be with us that day. And the question was, who's your one? Who's the one person that you want to see make Jesus Lord of their life in 2020? Have you been praying for that person? Have you taken the time to talk to that person? Have you invited them to come to church with you? Have you, have you been sharing with them? Have you, have you found a way to serve them? I mean, don't you want them to be in heaven with you? Don't you want to drag that person to heaven with you as well? You know, this morning you've heard us talk about our plan for 2020. It's not a new plan. It's one that we've had in place for some time here, but we felt there was a need to bring it back to the forefront, to remind each of us about who we are and what we're to be doing, worshiping, connecting, growing, and serving. So let me ask you, are you in? Are you in on all four? Because you see, we believe that all four are important and necessary. For you see, it takes all four pieces for us to become all that God intended us to be. And I don't know about you, but I want to be all that God intended for me to be. And for that to happen, it requires a commitment on my part to a regular time of worship a commitment to seriously connecting with other believers, a commitment to growing in my faith and my relationship with Christ, and a commitment to serve, to serve somewhere, to serve somehow, and to serve someone. But it all begins with committing oneself to the plan. So are you in? You know, maybe this morning you're here and you've never made that step of faith and made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. If that's the case, we would love to talk to you this morning. Maybe God's calling you to make that step and to begin that path and to walk with him. We'll be down front here. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe you've been worshiping here with us for a while and you still just haven't decided if, if Capital City is where you want to be, but, but maybe today God's saying, you know what, this is where you need to be. This is where I want you to get plugged in. This is where I want you to use the talents and the gifts and the abilities that I've blessed you with to make a difference in this community, and with other believers. Maybe today's the day that you do that. We'd love to talk to you about that as well, and what being a part of Capital City is all about. Or maybe God's laid something else on your heart, and you just want somebody to pray with you about it. Maybe something going on at home, something in your life, at work. I don't know what it is. We have an elder in the prayer room back over there in the back corner. Again, our staff will be down front here. We'd love to pray with you this morning as well, if God's laid something on your heart. We invite you to come during this song of worship. Would you stand with us this morning?